Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Twenty twenty one was a crazy market, and uh, and I think that what's happening right now is just the market correcting itself, and uh, and it's an historic perspective. This is a healthy process that's happening. In March of twenty twenty two, we identified that the market is about to change, and we went from from attack mode to making sure that our agents know exactly what's coming. Uh, So just making them aware that the party is almost over and winter is coming and how should you prepare and how we as a brokerage can help you prepare. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Adams with Real Trends. I wanted to talk to you today about the Real Trends 2023 Brokerage Rankings Program. Now in its 35th year, this program showcases brokerages that have completed over 500 transaction sides in calendar year 2022. If you're a national brand, your data is likely submitted on your behalf from the corporate office. But if you're an independent, including leading RE members, you must submit via our portal on realtrends.com. March 3rd is the deadline to submit, and it's rapidly approaching. So be sure to apply to be part of the industry's trusted rankings program. We'll begin releasing results on March 24th via realtrends.com and in the Friday edition of the Wall Street Journal. Please be sure to submit today. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media. And today I'd like to welcome Tamir Polik. He is the CEO of The Real Brokerage, and Real was founded in 2014. Um, by Poleg and CTO Gal Weiss as a technology-forward real estate brokerage offering their agents splits, revenue share, and equity plans. The company went public in June of 2020. So welcome, Tamir. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tracy. Good to be here. Yeah, we, you know, um, I did notice that you recently surpassed 9,000 agents. So I just wanted to say congratulations on that. Um, I also saw that in January, you expanded your revenue share program. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit about that expansion? Sure. Um, So we are extremely excited about our growth. Uh, We actually grew our agent count by north of 100% uh, in uh, 2022. And we we continue to feel that momentum. So uh, last month in the month of January, we actually had our strongest month in terms of agent attraction. We added more than a thousand agents in a in a single month. We, we actually went from eight thousand to nine thousand agents within about six weeks. Um, so that growth is is actually accelerating. Uh, and yes, you're correct. A couple of uh, months ago, we announced that we are introducing co-sponsored revenue share. Revenue share is our marketing strategy. A few years ago, we were actually attracting agents online. We were paying Google, Facebook, and other platforms a lot of money uh, for just posting ads to catch the the attention of agents. Uh, And then at some point we said, what if we change the strategy 
and incentivized our, our agents to go and have conversations with their friends about real. And if they're successful, then we will pay them the marketing dollars that we're currently paying Google and Facebook. So we keep the, the, the marketing dollars in the family. So we changed the marketing strategy in, uh, in 2020. Um, and we started growing like crazy. So revenue share is our marketing strategy. And the co-sponsored revenue share is um, taking revenue share one step further. So what we realize is that when you build a company or an agent community based on revenue share, then very often the agents that come into the company only collaborate with the people that they know, the people that attracted them to the company. So it creates somewhat of a siloed um, culture. And we wanted to eliminate that. And we also wanted to make sure that every agent in the company, regardless of whether they know how to have those attraction conversations or not, uh, have the opportunity to, to actually build a revenue share stream. So we had a lot of agents that told us, we want to attract agents in our market, but we don't, hold, we don't know how to answer questions. We don't know how to have those, those initial conversations. Uh, and at that point, we said, if we allow agents to name two sponsors, what can that create? So on one hand, I can partner up with an agent in a different state and attract an agent. And if we're successful in doing that, then both of us are incentivized. So it just eliminates those silos that I uh, mentioned. But at the same time, it also gives an opportunity to the agent that want to attract but don't know how to have those conversations to partner up with somebody who's been there, done that. Um, and this way they, they can build a revenue share stream for themselves. So for us, it was just a, a natural evolution of the revenue share program. And so um, your your business model is, you know, obviously is very similar to eXp, but it sounds like that's your big differentiator, whereas uh, eXp kind of keeps those the agents who recruit other agents tend to stay on their team per se. And I say that word loosely because it's not necessarily a true team. Um, what other differentiators um, do you feel that real has? I understand that um, for many people in the industry, real and EXP are kind of the closest comparables just because both of us have revenue share uh, programs in place. Both of us, offer stock incentives to the agents. Both, both companies are non-brick and mortar. But the way I see it, those two companies are extremely, extremely different. Um, and I'll start with the vision. Both companies were born out of a true mission of helping agents build their careers. But at some point, we also understood that if we really want to help our agents, we also need to help our agents' clients or help our agents serve their clients. So we need to build something for consumers. And this is something that we are now working on on the technology side. Uh, so we're very different on the vision. We're very different on the culture. Uh, Real is focused on helping agents succeed in real estate and focus on production, whereas I mean, I, I don't want to talk for EXP, but I know that uh, agent count is is pretty much a north star at EXP. Um, so culture is is a, another different. We're very different on the technology. We are a mobile focused company. We've been mobile focused from day one. We believe that agents need to be out there and they need to have their businesses in the palm of their hands, and this is what we deliver. Um, and I think that we are very unique. In that approach. And obviously, in terms of uh, the economics for the agents, we are also different. So uh, I think that all in all, there are a lot of, uh, of differences between the companies. And 
truly, I believe that in two, three years, people will no longer compare those two companies because we, we will just grow in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, you know, everybody wants to compare and that's why I brought it up because I wanted you to be able to, um, talk about the differences, but the truth is there, you know, we're true believers that there's room for everyone. There's a place for every agent. And, um, you know, the culture of companies is so important and it's, it's obviously just because you have a similar business model or, you know, similar aspects of your business model doesn't necessarily mean you're the same company or you're copying a company because your culture is so different. Um, uh, so 100%. I just think it's, it's interesting in general. And by the way, I have to say, I think that eXp is a great company. And I went on stage in our conference in October of 2022. And I just said it on stage, I said that EXP is a great company and Compass is a great company and, and KW is a com great company because those companies are built by people that are passionate about helping agents. We're just different and we want to build something different. And as you said, I think that there's place for everybody in this industry. And, and we just, I think that overall, um, us as leaders in the industry, I think we need to really change the narrative. And I think that the fact that agents talk about competing or even even executives talk about competing uh, brokerages in a certain way actually creates damage to to all of us because at the end of the day there are buyers and sellers and consumers out there that look at us and say okay this this is not how things should work and i think that as as long as we portray an image of um an industry that's competitive to an extent that um is is taking our eyes off the ball and the ball is actually helping buyers and sellers accomplish their dreams, I think we're just hurting ourselves. So I wish that as an industry, we, we would change the narrative. And uh, I take it as a personal mission to actually reach out to some of those leaders and, and ask them to, you know, come to the table and, and let's let's just show by example. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the ultimate goal is to serve, um, you know, the client. And not only that, but it's real estate is really is local, obviously. So um, the different opportunities that agents have in different markets, you know, there's always going to be some option that that fits them better, or they may choose to change what they're doing and, and move. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of, honestly, a lot of those leaders would agree with you as well. I've interviewed a lot of them and, um, you know, there are quite a few who feel the same about just understanding there's, there's a place for everyone and that this is one of those businesses where you, you have to collaborate with someone from a different company in almost every transaction that you, that you have. So, so Yeah. We talked last, it's been since, since 2020, so it's been a while. Um, we should not wait that long before we talk again. But tell me a little bit Absolutely. about what's changed in that time other than the growth. Um, you know, your value proposition, have you, you've obviously honed some things. Um, talk to me a little bit about what's changed in the past three years. Uh, a lot of a lot has changed. Um, so when we last spoke, I think that we were at a thousand agents or or less, and I don't know twenty employees or so. 
Uh, we are now 130 employees and over 9,000 agents. And, uh, and you can imagine that a lot of things have to change in order for a company to be able to scale that rapidly. Um, I think that on the product side, the product is constantly evolving. So we're trying to build a platform for agents to grow their businesses on and really offer them everything they need in order to streamline their businesses, uh, make transactions smoother and get paid faster. And, and we constantly evolve and we try new things and we try new services for the agents and we try to, uh, we, we came up, uh, I think it was less than a year ago with uh, instant payments. So we look at how agents are paid in the industry and agents are paid once the transaction is closed. But because we have so much data on agents, agent production, uh, past performance of the agents and just historic data on, on homes and buyers and sellers, we can underwrite a transaction and say, okay, on this transaction, we think that there's a, a very high likelihood of it actually closing. So why can't we pay the agents ahead of time? And and that was something very innovative. So this is just an example of, of how we try to build things using technology that will benefit with, with our agents. So the, um, the product is constantly evolving and we are now also building a consumer facing product that will integrate title, mortgage, and, and brokerage services and insurance into one seamless end-to-end um, app for our agents' buyers. Uh, so that's one thing. And as a company, we always focus on building long-term wealth for our agents through great economics uh, on, on transactions, through equity, through revenue share, and through some other ways that um, will give them more visibility into, the, into their businesses and a little bit more insight. So um, I think that when a company grows so rapidly and, you know, you're adding a thousand agents a month or a thousand agents a quarter, you need to, to grow both in what you are offering your clients and your partners, but also internally, um, grow the company, add more talent, bring people, the, the people that were in place when we had a thousand agents, uh, are not the same people that we need now when we're going through 10,000 and going to tens of thousands. Um, but I think that we're doing a pretty good job at building the technology that will enable us to scale. I'll just give you an example. In, in the third quarter of 2022, which was the last quarter we announced, we processed north of 11,000 transactions with only nine people on the transaction team. And that team actually has not grown probably almost since the last time you and I spoke. So how can you process such an amazing or, or huge number of transactions without adding more people? Um, and sometimes that's that's what's happening in the background and people do not look under the hood, but um, there's a lot of work that's being done in order to build that that support mechanism that will enable us to process more transactions and welcome more agents. What do you think has been your greatest challenge just scaling that quickly? Is it the people and, and the systems, getting the systems in place or um, something else? I should probably start by thanking our agents for being very pa patient, uh, <laughs> very passionate about growing the company with us. Um, so in 2021 and maybe a few months into 2022, we were just focused on making sure that the company doesn't fall apart because of that rapid growth. And we, we were very upfront with the agents and we said, you are joining a company that's scaling rapidly and these are still early stages. Please be aware of that. 
be mindful of the fact that there will be some bumps and sometimes uh, maybe there will be some hiccups, um, but we will do our best to solve it. And you need to look at yourselves as partners coming into a new business. And and I'm grateful for our agents who who really gave us that that time and, and also a lot of information and insight on how to how to build a business. So I think that the biggest challenge was just making sure, again, that we don't fall apart, that systems do not fall apart. We, we had to completely rebuild our tech stack uh, in a time frame of about eight months. Um, luckily, those days are behind us. We are in a very different place right now. But I can tell you that that was a very scary time where you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm not even sure that we can process the amount of transactions that are coming into the funnel today. Just because, you know, we knew that growth was coming, but it came earlier than we thought and stronger than we thought. And you sometimes you just cannot prepare for something like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for any any brokerage that's scaling and um, especially scaling as quickly as you did. And the, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about is obviously with the the market, um, you know, it's it's not, I wouldn't, you know, everybody wants to say it's a horrible market. It's not a horrible market. Um, it's different than last year. So a lot of brokerages are making, um, you know, changes and, you know, really working to contain those operating costs because it's a low margin um, business to begin with. Obviously, you have an advantage with um, being a virtual brokerage. So occupancy costs are, are not a huge consideration for you. But what are some of the ways, you know, what are the steps that you've taken this year to kind of contain operating costs and where's your focus this year? Uh, it's a good question. And I agree with you that there are a lot of opportunities in, in every market. And um, actually, where we've been a year ago, that was a crazy market or 2021 was a crazy market. And, uh, and I think that what's happening right now is just the market correcting itself. And, uh, and it's in an historic perspective, this is a healthy process that's happening. Um, in March of 2022, we identified that the market is about to change. And we went from, from attack mode to making sure that our agents know exactly what's coming. Uh, so just making them aware that the party is almost over and winter is coming and how should you prepare and how we as a brokerage can help you prepare. Um, so in as, as early as March of 2020, uh, 2022, um, we communicated to, to the agents that the market is going to change, uh, that they need to look at their expenses. Uh, they cannot really control how many transactions they're going to process in the next year because there will be less volume for, for everybody. So they, they should adjust their businesses to accommodate probably 30% less. I went to all of the agents and asked them to do an exercise of just eliminating 20% of their, their expenses. Just you know put everything on a paper, eliminate 20%. So I think that we did a lot of education with our agents, just preparing them and, and helping them navigate those, uh, those rough times. Um, I think that we are very different because when you're, Growing agent count north of 100% year over year, even if the market drops by 30%, then you're still growing. Um, and as you said, we are non-brick and mortar. We are very much relying on on technology. So we we didn't have a, a, an inflated uh, human human labor um, 
count or, or expenses. Um, so we didn't really need to do any adjustments. Um, and we're probably the only company in the space that not only didn't lay off, we're actually hiring. And we hired throughout the, the past 12 months. Um, so I think that we, we were very conservative in, in the way we manage ourselves. We were never this company that raised hundreds of millions of dollars and just spend it on, I don't know, things that do not move the needle. Um, and in, in times like these, it actually pays off. Uh, the, the trade-off was that we probably did not enjoy those outrageous valuations like other companies that you know went all in and, and raised hundreds of millions and just spend a lot on, on marketing. We were kind of building the, the, the business the way we thought was healthy. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about teams. And um, it just seems like the, the team structure is changing. And, you know, obviously, Teams are, you know, here to stay. That's a given. But what trends are you seeing in the industry as it relates to kind of the team, um, the real estate team? We cannot argue with the success of of teams. And uh, here at Real, we are very fortunate to to have attracted a lot of teams um, of all sizes. You know, from three agents to hundreds of agents, and and we are in conversations with a lot of. Um, large, very large teams doing hundreds of meals in, in production. But at the end of the day, I think that teams demonstrated that um, they built the right structure for for agents. And when we thought about this market shifting, uh, one of our assumptions was that teams will actually grow market share. So ev- everybody's hurting right now. Everybody's uh, volume went went down, but I think that teams will be more prosperous in in times like these, and I think that this is what we're seeing. Um, so teams know how to how to you know expand and uh, and contract uh, as needed. They they mastered everything that has to do with lead gen, lead nurturing, and and uh, taking it to closing. And I think that a lot of agents now are looking for that kind of support. So I think that that teams are. Um, will will be winners when we get out of this cycle. Yeah, I definitely the team model. I mean, gosh, I've seen these teams have their own mortgage arms and title arms and you know, um it's been crazy how much the team um structure has evolved and um definitely the lead gen is the core of their success um which you know makes them quite a bit more profitable than a brokerage um, because of the focus on lead gen. So it's, it's interesting. Th- that's correct. And, and, and in many ways, they just do not carry the liability. And, uh, and, you know, just, I think that teams are successful because the team leaders 
do not want to deal with all of the things that the brokerage typically deals with. So they focus on production. They, they focus on making money. And we focus on solving problems in, in the background for them. And we're happy with that arrangement. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other trends are you seeing in the industry, maybe um, specifically with technology or the way companies are working with agents today? Uh, maybe I sh- I'll express some frustration. I think that our industry is not as innovative as we'd like to think it is. Um, I don't think that there is anything really extraordinary that, that companies are doing at the moment. I don't think that there's sufficient innovation. I think that most things are still working the same way they, they worked five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, and, and by the way, I think that it, it, it's actually a threat uh, because if you're stagnant and if you're not innovating, then there's a good chance that you will be, I don't know, eliminated at, at one point. So if I'm trying to think about all of the innovation that we're looking at in the industry and, and we have a dedicated person that is actually looking at M&A opportunities uh, because we are, uh, we're making acquisitions actively, um, there isn't something that, that really stands out. And I think that a lot of brokerages are trying, a lot of brokerages are trying to build their own tech. They're trying to maybe bring in partners um, but there isn't a single thing that I can point my finger to and, and say, hey, this is working, this is successful, and this is actually making a difference. And I'm, I'm, I hate to be yeah. saying that. Um, you know, what about like artificial intelligence? Are we just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg with that? Is there? Um, good question. And, and I think we need to be thinking about this question, not only as real estate professionals, but also as human beings, uh, because this, this has a scary angle to it. Um, but I can tell you what we're doing here at Real, um, and maybe specifically at ChatGPT. We think that ChatGPT really demonstrated that it can be trained to provide uh, sufficient value for companies like us to be able to leverage it. And um, and we are building a chat-based support that will leverage ChatGPT um, we understand that it'll take many, many months to actually train it, to bring it to a point where it really provides accurate information and exactly in the way we want it to provide. Uh, but we think that AI has been around for many, many years, but it's now getting to a, to a point where it's maturing um, and it's also accessible and it's endorsed by companies that are reliable so you can actually go and build a product based on it. Uh, so we we are convinced, and we are going to embed that in our uh, in our product. Um, and uh, and again, going back to efficiency, just think about the fact that eighty percent of the support tickets can be handled this way, and have our team only focus on the things that are just more complicated and more interesting for them as as people. And by the way, we have an amazing team throughout the company, and we want to continue and and help them. Uh, grow as 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 professionals as well, and I think that clear, clearing their minds off the the mundane tasks and giving that to technology would be would be a huge win for individuals working for organizations. Oh, I, I agree. You know, there is definitely a scary aspect to the whole thing, um, but for certain uh, you know certain things, it, it just makes a lot of sense. So so yeah. Um, 
My final question is, um, well, it's really my second to last question, but where are you seeing the most opportunity today for brokers or agents? As you said, there are opportunities in every market. And I think that both on the brokerage side and on the agent side, in times like these, new winners are, are crowned. And this is exactly the time where you as an agent or you as a brokerage um, can, can decide whether you're going all in and you're taking market share or are you giving away market share? And this is exactly what's happening. So a lot of changes. I think that when we come, come out of this cycle in six months, a year, two years, um, on the brokerage side, there will be a lot of brokerages that will actually be taking market share and other brokerages will be shrinking. Um, so I think that it's the same for agents. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities and you just need to be better than, than the competition. You have to think more innovatively. You have to be out there. You have to work harder. You have to put in the effort. You have to be committed um, and, and it'll pay off. So I just think that it, it, it'll be a mistake to be discouraged by the market conditions. You actually have to be uh, motivated by that. Yeah, I think the, you know, really successful agents are, they, they look at this as an opportunity to innovate and really expand their businesses, um, you know, and, and it's getting more agents to understand how to do that. That is probably the biggest challenge. Um, you know, they might want to do it, but they don't really know how. And that's where the brokerage training comes in um, and is so important. But my last question is just what's next for real estate? For real. Sorry, I was going to say real estate. What's next for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's confusing. Um, by the way, I wish that in a few years, everybody will think about real estate as real, but uh, we'll have to work <laughs> hard to make it happen. Uh, but we, we are continuing to focus on growth. We continue to expand our, our platform and we want to create the most compelling platform for agents. So we think that growth will continue to be uh, the name of the game for us. And at the same time, we're, we're also focusing on building the long-term strategy for the company, which is the consumer-facing product, uh, and just you know change, changing the way people buy and sell homes using a combination of agents and technology or with a consumer-facing app and leaving the agents in the center of the, tra of the transaction. Uh, so for us, it's, uh, it's growth and building the right products for our agents and their clients. By the way... I have no doubt that, you know, we will meet in a year or a couple of years and we will be at tens of thousands of agents. Uh, so I think that we will be one of those winners coming out of this cycle. Well, I look forward to seeing that. So, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We always appreciate, um, you know, the, the advice and the strategies and, and the look behind the curtain of your company. So thank you. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.